0: Welcome to the Banking with Life podcast. I'm James Nethery, your host, and I'm just as excited as I can be to have my friend Kerr Shaw on today. He's a, he's a client. I consider him a friend, although we've never met um, personally, but I think that you'll find him very interesting, and and thanks for listening. So, um, Kerr, say hello.
1: Hello, James. Thanks for having me on today. Really appreciate it. All right.
0: So, here, here's kind of the background. You know, it's a casual conversation. Um, and care. I want people to hear who you are for several reasons. And, and I'm going to give the background in general, but I want you to share with us who you are. Um, what I see, uh, the potential value that I see is that, that you're legitimately a cool guy, right? Very interesting. You're family oriented. Um, you have some experience with real estate and, And and family experience, and I think that's a very cool thing, if I could say that you and your father do some joint work in real estate. Um, and, And being an engineer, you're pretty analytical and, you know, of course, very intelligent. But you specifically, we all do, once we're exposed to the idea of becoming your own banker, the infinite banking concept, we all go through whatever. We all have our own kind of a thought process and how we go through even vetting this idea and making the decision to or not to do something. And, and I think that because of who you are and your background, it's extremely interesting, but I don't want to tell your story. I want you to tell us. Okay.
1: Okay. Uh, so like you said, James, I'm an engineer. I've been working in the defense industry since, um, 2005. I started as a student intern while I was doing my undergraduate uh, degree um, I got hired on full-time with the Defense Threat Reduction Agency after I graduated. And our mission is kind of to counter the threats of weapons and mass destruction to America and our military and allies. So after I graduated, I rose up pretty quickly with my organization. I was in charge of a lot of large projects pretty fast and moving up the supervisory management chain. So I worked me back to school to get an MBA, and then I completed that. And now I help oversee and manage a division within our R&D testing evaluation department
0: can you even can you even talk publicly? <laughs> I
1: don't know how much life insurance you have in force James I might have to kill you
0: <laughs> do you work at area fifty one or something like that <laughs> you know we're undisclosed location how's that
1: yeah I, we do a lot of cool projects. It's interesting the work's really neat and it's different and so it's cool things
0: all right so you are you an i t guy I mean are you like flying drones you no, know, I'm
1: an engineer so I'm in charge of these engineering projects and
0: Okay. Um, I think that's cool. So you, you were exposed to the infinite banking concept. When, how did all that happen? You know, did you just hear about it over the water cooler?
1: So it was a long process for me, you know, at first, you know, I was kind of the camp of life insurance, you know, why would I even want life insurance? So I consider it, it's kind of tainted against it. And, um, my first experience started probably in my mid to late twenties when I had my first child. And, uh, my father had a, life insurance financial person he'd been working with throughout the years and got wind that my dad became a grandfather and so he started talking to us about policies on myself and my children and whatnot and he, he explained some good things some of it made really cool sense about you know he didn't fully explain the the, the loans or the surrenders and cash value access to the policies but he didn't have to get my interest peaked and then um they can answer a lot of my deep questions you know and then he gets some some illustrations out to me and it looked like it took forever to build up cash value. I said, Well, you know, it sounds kind of good, but a lot of my questions aren't answered. And it kind of looks like it takes a lot of time for it to actually be fruitful and maybe not for me. So, was,
0: how long ago was it?
1: That was probably almost eight years ago, seven, eight years ago. Okay.
0: So, it's kind of your first exposure to life insurance.
1: That's correct. Yes. I got it. And so, you know, so I kind of stayed away from them. I did my other investments and other things with my, my finances after that. And, you know, recently about, uh, I'd say about a year ago now, um, I don't know, Google's very smart, right? You know, I just do some real estate and kind of look at some financial things online. They kind of recommend things for you based on your search history. <laughs> uh, so they kind of, I kind of threw this uh, across my desk, this IBC concept and stuff. And I didn't really think too much of it at first, but it kept coming back. So I looked into it a little bit and uh, it started making sense to me. So I called that same agent back that worked with my father for many years. Hey, look, now that I was a little more educated more smart about it and uh, kind of tried to do, uh, see what he could do then. And he did better. He had a much better policy and things, still couldn't really answer my questions. and couldn't really, didn't seem like a really the concept.
0: So when you, you discovered the infinite banking concept through Google and then went right back to, you know, the, the, the known, um, or the agent and agent you had a relationship with and there was no, he didn't know what you knew. Yeah, I mean, he
1: was more focused. His he valued more the insurance side of things versus the making side of things.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm not you know, uh, I mean that's pretty typical, pretty normal. You know, we're the life insurance industry. Sure doesn't. I mean, they didn't create the concept. They didn't come up with it. They don't train their agents. They don't educate them. So, I mean, he's a. uh, I'm not disparaging him in any way. I don't mean that. Right. I'm just saying. The life insurance industry didn't come up with this concept. They need to be taught. They don't understand, in my opinion, the power that they have. But I don't want to sidetrack you, young man.
1: So after that, I tried to, you know, I prefer to do business face-to-face and meet the people I work with. And so I reached out to a few different agents in town. And kind of got the same story. And everyone was trying to push me towards these index universal life policies. And they weren't really listening to what I really wanted and kind of showing, kind of giving me what they've already, what they're used to giving other people right so
0: you walk in and they have a product just for you right but that's pretty common as well you know number one the agent didn't listen you know they they, they weren't listening to what you wanted but they've been all trained up and geared up with this index universal life so they had one for you right right I, i'm just commenting I'm
1: just <laughs> so at that point you know i thought okay maybe this is a great concept but maybe i'm not gonna take advantage of it because i can't really find a way to really do it smartly right i need someone to kind of help me who knows more about than do, right? So then I said, okay, well, I found all these videos online and things, and maybe I'll reach out to uh, the one that kind of came out with was your videos. And I saw you had a relationship with Nelson Nash and okay, went some credibility there and I reached out to you and we had some long discussions and basically told me you're not gonna work me until I read the book. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you, and you bought a book, didn't you?
1: I bought a book. Yeah. And so from there, we have, you know, another couple of months worth of uh, refining and discussions and kind of helped, uh, finally, you know, found somebody any more than I did. Right. And so that was a good thing. Cause I didn't really know much about it in the first place. And, um, we came over a few months of discussion and kind of refined a policy that kind of works for me. Right.
0: <clears throat> you made that sound so easy. I, I, it seemed, you know, I'm not that it wasn't easy, but you know, I, I remember we had a phone call, I think last fall. So this is July of 2019 is we're having this conversation. But I think you and I had a phone call. It was a, it was a good phone call. I think all the phone calls I have are good. But um, the best ones are, in my opinion, you know, just cool people that you want to talk to, intelligent, you know, and legitimate and straightforward. They're not no ulterior motives, you know. I mean, you, I remember talking to you. You were a young man, intelligent, Your legitimate questions. And, and you were really just trying to search, you know, trying to figure out or vet this idea. So I remember that phone call because I was driving home, you know, I'm like, I show up early and I leave late and I'm got a phone sticking in my, out of my ear on my way home. Um, all right. So then you bought the book and probably a starter pack DVD. I don't know. Have you ever watched the banking with life DVD? I have, I have a shameless plug. Yes. <laughs> you know, the executive producer of that. Um, and then, and then we had other phone calls, right? So do you remember how those went or?
1: Those went any- well. I mean, I think, um, you know, first we started about the overall concept and we got into the mechanics of life insurance, how it works. And that kind of helped ease my, you know, initial pre-con- see, you know, perceptions of life insurance. And I still had a, you know, the urge is, what am I doing here? Is this, am I really going to invest in or use this life insurance as a vehicle to do this stuff? It just doesn't, I don't know anybody else who does it, right? It just sounds kind of crazy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're the only one. <laughs> the, uh, the uh, where were you? Um, it seems to me that I remember you were very analytical as far as numbers and illustration because the concept is a concept, and I know that you got the concept and how it could, uh, you know, apply in different things in your financial construct, you know, real estate, or um, you're pretty active and and. And 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 this is not the only thing you do in the financial world. You don't just buy life insurance, right? I mean, you do other things too. So, but you got the concept. I remember <clears throat> having conversations on the concept, which, <clears throat> excuse me, we do a lot of that. But um, I also remember you being pretty analytical, which, you know, as soon as I discover or find out that um, someone is an engineer, you know, I think I expect that and we probably all expect a little bit of, or a higher level of analytical, you know, scrutiny.
1: Yeah. You know, it's an engineering back. is more problem solving looking at it and okay, is this going to fit my needs? Is this going to meet my requirements? And, uh, and uh, so once I, once I got onto into the concept, okay, now let's optimize a plan that works for me. Right. And that was kind of the road we went down is, you know, we can do this option or that option or this scenario or, you know, and it took a lot of refining to get to the one that kind of worked for me. Right.
0: And so was that overall process, you know, what was, what is, what is your, you know, take on that? Was it long, longer than expected, harder than expected, you know, or any surprises along the way?
1: You know? Well, it was longer than expected. Right. And, um, and then majority of it, just okay. Overcoming the, the discomfort, you know, you kind of have like, this is kind of new, this is kind of out there. I don't know what else is doing it. And it's really, all that's cracked up to be, or is it, again, is this some sort of sales gimmick or whatnot, right? And so trying to fight through that and kind of say, okay, no, this makes sense logically. This makes sense, you know, the numbers make sense. The process makes sense. So getting yourself comfortable with the idea and then going forward is probably the hardest part, especially because, you, you know, you can't talk face-to-face here where I'm at with anybody. And so trying to do it with the phone, it works, but it's different, right? And, and you work with people face-to-face and long distance.
0: Well, let me ask you, if we had a, uh, an, an office, a video tour of our office and all the team members, would that help being someone, you know, long distance? Would that help you?
1: Oh, uh, sure. My, the video chats helped really a lot. I think that was, that was very useful. All
0: right. I'm just saying we have a lot of clients, you know, across the country and we, we haven't had the opportunity to meet them face to face, but you know, I look forward to it. Um, because in, in addition to that, I mean, when someone comes into our office and, you know, we still do meet a lot of clients in our office. You know, they get a tour, right? You know, Julie meets them at the door and introduces everybody and takes them all through the, the, the building, all the offices. And um, you don't get that, you know, if you're, you know, five states away. So we thought and we talked about and it's actually on the production board to shoot a video that that where Julie's, you know, given the tour. That everybody would get that that comes in here. So, I'm not saying they would make or break, you know, a decision, but that wouldn't hurt, right? I mean, it's not like we're not easy on the eyes. I mean, so
1: <laughs> no, I think it'd be very helpful. Yeah. But going back to your question about, you know, how long and hard, you know, the hardest part is every week I learned something new, right? And I had to factor that back into my decision-making process, right? Like I didn't know the mechanics of how life insurance really worked to begin with, right? And so. Learning all that every week, and kind of new, and kind of had to reevaluate. Okay, how do I want to approach this now?
0: All right. Did did um, you know, going through the process of, you know, seeing if it makes sense. You know, engaging with with us and me, our office. Um, you, you know, surely you kept searching online videos and what have you. And you, you know, t- can you talk to that or speak on that at all?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you know. I saw a lot of content from a lot of different people and it's so hard to, you know, trust what you see on the internet, right? I mean, who is, who is telling you the truth or, you know, their version of the truth and which fits well with me. Right. So
0: their version of the truth. I like that. <clears throat> I mean, if we, if we pulled up the internet, I mean, if we, I mean, we can, it doesn't matter. Google and print YouTube on video. Um, there's, there's a lot of good stuff out there, but, there's some stuff out there that shouldn't exist, in my opinion. I mean, it's like a a rabbit hole, wasted time.
1: And that's Uh, the hardest part from, you know, the layperson is, you know, filtering through that and kind of understanding what is, what is worth, you know, listening to and your time and what is not, right?
0: Right. The, uh, I see an awful lot that, you know, it winds up with third party um, calculators, illustrations, software, And then even life insurance company illustrations, you know, there's, there, it's very hard for the consumer to know apples or to be able to know how to compare apples to apples. And, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult. So it's almost like, you know, God bless you. You're on your own. Um, so did you see any of that out there or did that
1: yeah yeah i mean there's always you know the rush to call our office and we'll, we'll start working right away and see what we can do for you right?
0: <laughs> call now there's a deadline right you're gonna have a birthday tomorrow we gotta get it today <clears throat> um all right so you know you you went through the process <clears throat> you know made the decision and i think the best one became a client of ours and we're excited about that um so here we are, this is July we met or originally spoke last fall, you know, tell us what are you doing and what have you done, you know, after you've gone through the process of learning vetting and making a decision of what is right for you and your family, you know, what, let's go beyond that point. What's it look like? How's it been? What is it? What is it? Okay.
1: Well, I, I think for me, what really drew me to it was the efficiency of the dollar, right? And the dollar is doing multiple things that will kind of stick out to me, right? Using this this system or this process, you know, you have one. You have a place to store your savings, right, until you find an opportunity to deploy it on. You have a place that reduces opportunity costs. So, you know, so you typically I was a cash buyer, so this kind of helps me with there when real estate deals take longer than expected. The um, flexibility when I leverage it finally to pay it back on my terms is, you know, helps in my personal life and family life and. And uh, the fourth thing, you know, what is the life insurance, which I never really valued until after I bought the policy. Yeah. And so at first, I wasn't really care. I didn't care too much for it. You know, I, I had enough, I thought to take my, care of my family. And, and I started thinking about it. You know, now I have this tool where I can use stuff while I'm alive and enjoy it with my family, still leave behind a substantial amount for my future generations. And the last thing I think is it's just a system that I can pass down to my future generations, which I think is good and valuable, right? I think. Um, you know, I have a lot of respect for my father. He immigrated this country, did great things and set us a solid for success. And my kids and grandkids, they don't not as close to that. I won't see that, that what took and sacrifice and her to get there. Right. And so right. giving them a system of how to best take advantage of their opportunities versus giving me a pile of cash. You know, I think is a better way to go. than you know, young men in their twenties might, might make the most decisions.
0: You know, I'm glad you said that the, uh, Nobody wants death benefit, you know, and it's very easy to discount the value of death benefit, especially when you don't have, you know, much or any. Um, The closer you get to mortality, the more um, important it may become. And then whenever, if you um, are uninsurable and can't get it, um, the value changes drastically, you know. It's like, if you wanted something and you can't get it, it it can kind of bring a little reality that, and I see in the big wide world of the infinite banking concept, there's no question that that, um, the focus or a major focus, focus is on the cash value, but that's really once the need for death benefit has been solved. And although you, you know, you said, well, I have some, you know, at work or what have you, and... Now, you know who gets up and wants to go buy a bunch of life insurance right now who gets up and wants to talk to a life insurance agent you know
1: i think about the costs you know if it was just a standalone product i probably would never purchase it right But that, since the dollar that's just i had a bonus for me, right the dollar is doing that right. in addition to what else is doing for me there
0: right and you can't buy life insurance without a death benefit so when you uh buy or participate in The infinite banking concept and you pay high premium high cash value life insurance you know it comes with a death benefit and you will in my experience and i've done this you know over 28 years um 15 in the infinite banking world you wind up with more death benefit at natural mortality when you solve for cash compared to just buying death benefit right even in in That's amazing to me. I learned that, right, uh, after a few years of practicing the infinite banking concept. Um, Now, why didn't the life insurance companies tell me that as a life insurance agent 28 years ago? You know, it's, surely they know, right? Surely they know. And I don't want to be too harsh on them, but they deserve it. Um, That's amazing to me. So, if I structure a policy for cash, right, and I'm buying the least amount of death benefit, right, to, to make the policy efficient, and, and that's after the need for death benefit has been solved. So I'm just structuring a banking policy, trying to get as much cash in there as possible and have all the premium go to cash as soon as possible without violating the structure, um, the integrity of a structured policy. I'm going to wind up with more death benefit at natural mortality. I mean, it's like drop the mic. Why isn't everybody in the world doing this? Why doesn't everybody know this? Why doesn't the financial guru at whatever Wall Street, whatever position that they do or expertise they have, why aren't they aware of that? You know, just, I don't, I digress a little but That kind of triggers me. You know, it ticks me off. It's, uh, I don't know why they didn't other than they didn't know. And the life insurance companies didn't know, or they would have told us, trained us, and shame on them for not knowing. So, anyway, so now you value the death benefit now that it's in force. You know, you have a family; it, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Makes you feel good and feel better. Feel you know, um, it's just it's it's just smart, it's intelligent, it's financially um, correct, and and you kind of mentioned it a little earlier you know you could enjoy what you've accumulated and the income that you create over your lifetime and leave something for the next generation you know and I think it's cool your father came led the way you're carrying forward and, and continuing that's I mean that's what family's about it's like be a leader do the right thing and teach the next generation so I think that's cool what else? What else comes? Any, were there any surprises along the way? You know, is there any aha moment or like, wow, well, I didn't really think about that. Or, you know, did you get angry along the way, disappointed? Or is it just, uh.
1: Well, you know, I think, you know, but so much information, so much, uh, so many different ways to get the out there, you get kind of a little bit of the, you know, analysis process, right? Am I doing the right thing? Is this the way to go or that the way to go? And so I think I ran into a lot of that. And, um, and I was surprised actually how fast I started using the concept. You know, I didn't think I'd be using it for a couple of years. So I built up some, some more capital in there, but I need to buy a vehicle. And so I used the policy to do that. And so it's, it's been actually a lot faster than I expected.
0: <laughs> were you going to buy the vehicle anyway?
1: No, it was just, uh, uh somebody hit my wife and she was driving a vehicle. And so we needed to buy a new vehicle.
0: Well, so it, because I mean, you are going to buy a vehicle anyway, if, if you had to replace it, you're going to do it anyway. Right, right but, but we
1: were we were a few <laughs> years out, needing one. And just kind of sped up our decision. <laughs> <today>.
0: <laughs> so that was that was kind of a surprise. Using it faster than you thought. How 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 was that easy or hard or just another learning curve or you know what was what was that like accessing your capital?
1: Oh, that was pretty easy. You know, I got uh, electronic funds into my account right when I needed it, and I used that to uh, finance myself.
0: Right, and then you set up a loan repayment. You know, yeah. stealing peas, are you? <laughs> I mean, so, uh, so I'm not confident in that answer. Are you, do you have a loan up? The
1: whole point is on the structure. Right? I can I can pay when I want to. Right? That's
0: that's exactly right. right. So I have a structure
1: I'm a, per per se and the beauty of it, I I can pay more now or more later, and that's that's kind of what I like about it.
0: Control. What's that worth? And can you put that on an illustration? No. The value of that control. Yeah. So do you have any deals in real estate? You doing anything there that you are you know, comfortable talking about or sharing or what's that look like?
1: Uh, so, um, you know, in the last few years, we've been kind of developing some vacant lots and that's been working out pretty well. So I'm waiting for some of those deals to close out and look for the next one. Um, I will start using this policy to kind of help in those endeavors. I think it's going to really help again as with the opportunity costs and outlying capital for a long period of time and um, also the flexibility of paying back whenever I want to and having windfalls. So I think that will help in the future. And also, I'm starting with the velocity to my capital. I think with this system now, I can, in the future, probably turn out more more deals more often.
0: Well, and why is that? Because you have access to the capital? Or why Why would you know this give you the ability to do more deals?
1: Well, because I think um, you know, I've always been – a pretty good saver. So as I'm going through and replenishing funds, I don't need to wait for one deal to to replenish the funds in the policy and to use it for another deal. Right. So I can just keep moving through my, my funds a little faster, not worry about the opportunity cost. and. Right.
0: <clears throat> Whenever, you know, in the example of vacant lots, you know, did y'all just finance them with cash or did you, you know, get third party? Yeah. So that's
1: what, or- uh, you know, I think i heard you say this before, quite a biz opportunity sees capital. Right. And so the deals really happen. Cause between me and my partners that we had enough capital to make it happen. Right.
0: So they just, they appear, don't they? They, the opportunities will track capital down.
1: Right. So, so, but you know, the, the drawback was okay. You can deal with permitting and construction and that kind of stuff. Improvements. There's always delays. Right. And so
0: <laughs> government regulation,
1: <laughs> you know, the unknown of, you know, how long would I have to keep this capital, you know, large sums of capital out there. And so it's what, what else could it be doing? You're always wondering, Right. Right.
0: The uh, is that a FOMO if you're missing out. That's like right. That. All right. All right. So what else? What else is uh going on exciting with your system? It's relatively new or are you or is that right?
1: Yeah. I've only had it for a few months now, so it's I think it's back in March is when we when we finalized it.
0: Okay. And so you've already uh purchased a car with an unstructured repayment schedule? but you're in complete control of that. And you are a good saver. There's no question. I mean, you're highly disciplined. You're no question. Um, and then you're you're, you're still looking um, at opportunities in real estate. Is that fair to say?
1: Yeah. I think right now, you know, our families have kind of grown our homes. We're looking to expand and buy a new home, enough for investment for just, just for us to live in. So this will also be a tool we can help in that, in that mm-hmm. endeavor.
0: And then you you've um it's it's been a relatively easy or painless process, a little bit long. There's a lot of it's just, it's difficult to tell the truth or I say separate the wheat from the shaft out there. You gotta really do your homework, and vetting. Hey, if someone if someone listening wanted to um, continue the vetting, their vetting, you know, what would you encourage them to do? How would you you know convey to them to what should they do to to learn you know more
1: i mean i think trust your your instincts and logic right i mean if it sounds to you to be true it usually is so keep keep probing keep asking the questions you know work with somebody who can answer your questions right not kind of steer you in this direction or that direction and you know do the best you can to get educated read read the books right it's hard i mean i'm not gonna lie there's there's so much out there you don't know when you're fully done vetting it right so and at some point you gotta make a decision right you can, you can analyze forever and forever and then you never do anything so you gotta
0: from the engineers from from his lips to god's you know here's um because it really is all conversation until somebody writes a check right um but you do want to make a good decision there's no question did did you see uh did you experience that that things appeared to be too good to be true did you experience some of that or see some of that while you're doing your homework and research like i
1: said initially when i first got introduced to life insurance that first go around about seven eight years ago i think i was being told the great parts without the you know without the trade-offs right so it's all sounded too good to be true and so in that time I was that's what turned me off for many years yeah
0: All right. So what else, what else would you impart with us? What, what would you, they, the, the listener if they're interested in learning about the concept and vetting it, they should do their homework, go online, videos, buy some books.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the videos are so far, right. And there's so much out there, right. You know, who who do you listen to? Right. And I say talk to a couple of different advisors who know the concept and can help you and, and help you fit your needs. Right. And they, they've structured the policy for your needs, not necessarily what they're used to structuring.
0: Yeah. But how would they know? How would someone know, <clears throat> you know, after a conversation, I mean, did you, did you talk to other advisors yes, you know, while yes. you were looking? So, I mean, how do you know Is somebody, you know, how does the consumer, how would they know whether someone is structuring it for their benefit or for the client's benefit?
1: I think, you know, when you start having the conversations and you start realizing that the that agent's recommendations actually help you or bring open your eyes to a new way of looking at it that actually benefits you, right? That That's a good sign, right? Right. I mean, you don't know. Most people don't know how insurance work. I still don't know the full mechanics of it, right? And it's, at some point, it's, it's take a little leap of faith.
0: And, uh, so you vetted the person and the companies and... You know, because illustrations, they all look. I mean, I loathe the uh, the idea, the the <clears throat> the um, really the the method that the life insurance industry coddles and creates um, for the life insurance agent, the financial professional. You know, it's here. Go construct a, an illustration, and then you compete. You know, with the other company or the other agent, and illustration to illustration, and. The consumer really doesn't know what they're looking at because they don't know the construct, good or bad, and the ramifications of a particular structure, so you know we start looking at life insurance illustrations you know one may look really good in the first year or the second year or what have you um but it it's you know that eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper that's printed that has all the numbers on there um doesn't it doesn't necessarily show what's the outcome is truly going to be so
1: it, i think I, also going to your question about you know what would be good to learn about is basically how a policy works and all your flexibilities you have with the policy you're trying to get into right what can you do and what can't you do and what's guaranteed i think those are good important things to learn
0: i i think those are very important you know we not being a an engineer you know and not being an overly technical guy we probably spend too much time in our practice focusing on the contractual rights the an owner or an insured would have and the contractual obligations the difference and then we spend probably I don't want to say too much seems like we spend too much time but we spend a lot of time on the structure of policy why policies are structured the way they're structured and why policy shouldn't be structured a particular way. Um, so how it's structured and why it's structured the way it is.
1: Yeah. So I think on those same lines, what was hard for me was, um, you know, illustration shows you a set of numbers, which, which is good to get your general idea, but it doesn't show you what each different policy has guaranteed versus what they allow now and in the future. Right. It's not, not everything's guaranteed with what they allow you to do in the future. That was a, that was a big sticking point for me when I was going through these. And also for the consumer is learning all these different writers, so many different terminologies and how these different ones work and things. And so that can get kind of confusing and can kind of, well, you know, this company does it that way and this company does it this way. What's pros and cons of each. And so that's, that's a, I think that's a big learning point when you get into this concept.
0: Right. It is. And they're important. You know, you got to make the, best decision for yourself your family and even if it makes sense i mean if you're going to put a lot of money anywhere there's a certain amount of heading that needs to occur um you know even even um you know you can think about i think about often and it's like um, 401ks everybody's putting their money in 401ks iras or whatever and uh we don't think much about that as you know the all-american individual you know everybody's doing it so we put a substantial amount of money into IRAs, 401Ks, I call them government plans or qualified plans. Um, You know, it's easy to do that. And most people don't understand where they're putting their money, what it's doing, what it costs, and all the ramifications of putting a lot of money in qualified plans. But, man, you mentioned the word life insurance, and then it's like, oh, my gosh, uh, we we know that's the worst place in the world to put money. And then it's almost, I don't want to say over-scrutinizing, but it it really gets to the point sometimes – where we're you know swallowing camels and straining at gnats, um, but you do have to be able to vet the uh, concept, the idea, of the company, whoever you're working with, and of course, if you're smart, you'd work with us in our office. I mean, I know it's a shameless plug, but
1: um, so we, we talked about my experience. You know, well, in your experience working with a lot of people, what do you see that consumers have the least amount of knowledge where they should probably bone uh, up on before they move forward?
0: That's a great question. And it goes to earlier that you mentioned concept. If you don't understand the concept, the details do not matter. And if you do understand the concept, the details do not matter. But beyond that, the details, I know they're vitally important because it's your money, your cash flows, your wealth, right? Um, So concept is most important to me, or I believe that. That's what I've come to believe. And then beyond the concept, it's structure, you know, you, you've got to understand the owner has to understand their contractual obligations and then the contractual rights and the structure. Just, it's like anything. If I'm going to put a lot of money into any asset, I want to know that asset. I want to know enough to manage that asset. I don't want to be dependent upon the salesperson or not that there's anything wrong with salespeople. I, I don't want to be dependent on anyone when it gets down to it. I want to be free and independent. So if I'm going to put a lot of money into anything, I want to have a good enough understanding and and, and a good en- a high enough comfort level to manage and own that asset, right? I don't I don't want to be dependent on the life insurance companies, you know. I don't so concept, and then structure. That's what I think. And thanks for asking for that question. Uh,
1: so then, what do you think people get hung up on the concept? You know, what's what's their? Is it just life insurance or is it the? Uh...
0: Well, once they get past the word life insurance, right, and it seems like the younger people have an easier time doing that. You know, I'm 56, my generation, we, we were brought up that life insurance was the world's worst place to put money. But our grandfathers, um, you know, prior to about 1930s and 40s, it got worse after the, the into the 50s, 60s, and 70s especially. Prior to, uh, let's just say the, the 60s, um, it was very common for people to put a lot of money into life insurance. Right, then the mutual funds, they came out in the late 30s. And then, you know, the Keele plan in the 80s, the, the retirement plan, the 401k Keele plan. Um, it, it, it moved even after the war, the Second World War, into the 80s. The shift, you know, became Wall Street is the only place to put money um, and then all these qualified plans are created. And, and so the older generation, you know, grandfathers, great grandfathers, they didn't have this opposition built in of or to life insurance that, you know, got, I, I think, came into effect between World War Two and the 80s that life insurance is bad wall street's a place to put your money and don't think that that's not intentional you know there's almost a a battle going on if you don't put your money in life insurance it's going to you know go to wall street or if you're going to put money in life insurance it has to come out of wall street so those two entities they compete and battle it out with each other um so the younger people in my experience have a an easier time getting past the word life insurance they seem to be much more open open to thinking outside the norm and so when they're exposed to this idea you know they don't automatically shut down in their thinking they may even be intrigued and it's like you know let's look at it um and then um so once you get past the word life insurance
1: but then, then on the same lines, there. What about you know the cost of term insurance and whole life, right? I think mean, people that's, that's oh, yeah. a sticking point for people, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's a that's early on. People most of the time have to they get past that before they ever read a book like Nelson's book, or they get past it during the reading. Um, that 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 whole construct, that argument is over 200 years old. Term or whole life, right? And 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 I say often I believe it that as a society or a civilization, we have about a 70-year memory, right? And then we have to relearn everything. We can't remember past 70 years. So the that that old, very old argument, um, you know, our grandfathers have forgot that and we've got to relearn that. But then, two, the term promoters in the 80s and Wall Street colluded. Um, and then they went crying to the Congress and they're saying they said and all of this is public information, you know, the the transcripts are public, the video is public, a lot of the video is public. Whenever Wall Street and the term promoters um, are are beating up the life insurance industry that the you know, life insurance is a loophole for the rich. You should buy term and invest the difference or all that Ralph Nader was involved in that. You know, the consumer protector. Life insurance is bad. You should buy term and invest the difference. Um, which is, like I said, a 200-year-old argument. But two, going into the 80s, that's where all the mech rules came. You're right. Life insurance was uh, scrutinized, and and it was determined. Oh yeah, the, this is too good. This is you know, a, like I said, a loophole for the wealthy. Um, so they put the limits. Congress put limits on how much cash value you could have. You know, they created the MEC limits. The, the So now there has to be a relationship between the death benefit, the cash value, and the premium. Um, and if you violate those limits, then the IRS taxes life insurance like an annuity. Um, so does that answer your question so far? I mm-hmm. mean, I don't want to, you know, go on and on, but... Um, you got to get past the word life insurance. You've got to get past term. Term is what it is. It's a specified period of time you get a death benefit. The cheapest way to buy death benefit, no question about that. Um, but whole life is, yeah, it's a higher premium for the death benefit, no question about that, but it's permanent too. right? It, it'll be in existence if you pay the premium at age 120, where you can't go buy a term product at age 100. 120 um so after you get past word life insurance and you get past term and and invest the difference a very common question too that should be addressed early on or somebody has to make sense of is uh what happens to the cash value if i die right that's a very common question and so i love questions and i really love sincere questions legitimate questions Um, And I think that one is used by the talking heads in the financial world. The mean life insurance company keeps your cash value if you die. They only pay you the death benefit. Well, let me tell you what happens to the, and I know I'm asking that question, right? But that's a very common question. Let me tell you what happens to that cash value when you die. In my example, you have a $300,000 death benefit. You have a $100,000 cash value and you die. What happens to that cash value? Instantly, instantaneously, immediately, it grew to the $300,000 in death benefit. So what happened to the cash value? Well, what is a cash value? It is the net present value of a future death benefit, right? It immediately grows to the face amount. And then let me, let me uh, pose it this way. You're in real estate, right? We you know, you own a home. Let's say that your home is worth three hundred thousand dollars and you have a one hundred thousand dollars in equity. You sold your home for three hundred thousand dollars. Well, what happened to your hundred thousand dollars in equity? Did the mean real estate agent keep it? Did the real estate lender keep it? You know, who what happened to your one hundred thousand dollars in equity? Right. it it was part of the sale price, wasn't it? Part of the value of that home. So, um, but other than that, then it for the consumer looking, you, you you know they've got to deal with, wrap their mind around, understand uh, the power of policies, life insurance structured this way. You get past the term in the whole life or permanent, you know the cost of insurance and all of that it's understanding the concept what are you doing with your money anyway your money must reside somewhere it needs a primary place to reside um and then what kind of operating accounts do you use you know you may have more than one structure you may have llc's partnerships whatever business your money is residing somewhere and it's operating from this place so when you have high cash value or a lot of cash value in a life insurance policy it really becomes an operating account to do what you were going to do anyway so it takes a little bit of thinking it's not the uh this idea this concept is not for the individual that just wants to you know put money up and forget about it can it be done yeah you can put money in life insurance and then take passive income in retirement but um it's much more than that so um, all right. Any, anything, anything else, or anything you want to cover? Anything we didn't cover? Or, or, you no, I've
1: enjoyed our conversation, James. And again, thanks for having me on here today.
0: Well, you're welcome. Thank you. I appreciate it. And this is really exactly what I wanted to get into with you. You know, or one thing that I wanted to get into with you because um, I think it's important. So, all right, Shaw, my friend. Thank you for joining us today. And. You know, if you have a comment or a question, leave us a like or comment, you know, share with us your thoughts and feedback. All right, Care, that's it.
1: All right, thanks, James.